This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Finsider Daily. This is Matt Kanata. I will be joining you here on this Wednesday as the Miami Dolphins get ready for their matchup with the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday, Hard Rock Stadium. Dolphins making still quite a bit of noise heading into Sunday's game, cutting players, it seems, left and right all over the place, trading players, a whirlwind weekend. Houts and I talked about it on Tuesday's episode of Finsider Radio, but the moves are continuing. The latest move by the Dolphins is that they released Nate Orchard, and I know a lot of fans are up in arms about that, and I'm going to touch on that in just a few seconds. You know, I just want to give you the format for today's show. It's just going to be kind of a stream of consciousness where whatever I say will come out. And I feel that's the best way to attack this show because I know a lot of Dolphins fans are feeling a bit frustrated and are not sure what the vision looks like um, for the Dolphins heading into the 2019 season. And for me, I can see part of the vision. I can understand part of the vision. Obviously, we won't know the full vision until they get into the draft season and draft their players next year and the year after and free agency, of course. But we can start seeing a little bit of what exactly they're trying to do. Now, the first thing that comes to mind, right, is that the Dolphins cut defensive end Nate Orchard, who is projected to be the number two defensive end versed, uh, on the other side of Charles Harris. And then you see that they cut Vincent Taylor, defensive tackle. On a team that's already starved for pass rushers and defensive linemen, cutting two of their better players doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And the only thing that I can wrap my head around, the only thing that I believe might be the issue here, because they're not making much money, so it has nothing to do with finances. They're not bad depth pieces. I mean, heck, Orchard was supposed to be a starter on Sunday. But at the same time, we know that Brian Flores is trying to instill a culture in Miami. And this is the perfect year 
to instill a culture and to make examples out of people. So we see Nate Orchard, we see guys like Nate Orchard and Vincent Taylor play for a few hours per week in the preseason. That's even less. Maybe a handful of snaps in the total time is less than 10 minutes that they're on the field when you take into uh, football time. But some fans think that they understand the entire process and everything that is happening with that player. Which when you really break it down, when you think about it that way, is really laughable and comical. Because how can any fan, how can anyone, whether it's a former NFL coach who's watching the tape or an analyst or a fan or a blogger or a reporter, whatever you want to call it, if you're not in the building with these guys every day like these coaches and and front offices, if you're not seeing what they do on the practice field, how are you going to make a complete evaluation of this player? You cannot. And again, Nate Orchard, guys like him, Vincent Taylor, others who played during preseason, but maybe not a ton of snaps. And again, when you break it down in football time into actual time spent on the field, spent in a play, right? I would gather that it's less than 10 minutes. But we're going to sit here and say that we can make an evaluation on that player. I think that's a bad way to approach that. Yes, Nate Orchard had a good preseason. Yes, he led the team in sacks during preseason. But you know what? We don't know what he was like in the locker room. We don't know what he was like in meetings. We don't know what he was like during practice. But when he got cut, when he got released by the Dolphins on Tuesday, many fans, many, 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 many fans and reporters had the uh, nerve to say that the Dolphins were making a big mistake here. And I'm not saying that they're all wrong, right? Because we've seen plenty of times in the past where fans and reporters and analysts have believed one thing to be true. And the Dolphins front office and coaching staff have believed things to be true. And as time went on and as results tick trickled in, we saw that the analysts and the fans were actually right. So I'm not saying that you're necessarily wrong or we're all necessarily wrong. But what I am saying is before you make definitive statements, right? Before you do all of that, sit back and breathe and really think it through. Again, we're seeing a small snapshot of this player during the game. Pales in comparison to what these coaches see in meetings, on the practice field, in the weight room, in the locker room, and their interactions with everybody else. When you're trying to build a culture, you need everyone to buy in. And if Nate Orchard and Vincent Taylor were not buying in, guess what? The Dolphins aren't expected to win much anyways in 2019. Brian Flores probably knows this. Chris Greer obviously knows this. So what's what are they going to lose by cutting a guy like Nate Orchard? By cutting a guy like Vincent Taylor? They're not going to lose much at all. But what they are going to do is set an example for the rest of the locker room and it's basically get on board with what we're building here or you're going to be out the door. 
And I think the Dolphins players got that message clear. And they got it. And they received it when they when the Dolphins traded Laramie Tunsil. And anyone who may have been against that trade or, or spoke out against that trade, perhaps they have been released. We don't know for sure. But again, when you're not expected to win much at all this season, it is a perfect time to make examples out of people, to set your culture in place, and to ensure that you are have the right guys in the locker room as you continue to build this team. And I am sure that as the season goes on, there will be more releases, maybe some surprises. There will be more cuts. There will be more trades. It's all about establishing the culture. This is the baseline, folks. And if you're freaking out over Nate Orchard, you need to relax. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. Nate Orchard is not Jason Taylor. Nate Orchard is not Cameron Wake. Breathe. It's going to be okay. Nate Orchard is just another guy. He has proven since being in the league for the past several years to be just another guy. Nate Orchard was not going to help the Dolphins win a few more games. And heck, even if he was, is that the goal anyways? Nate Orchard is not going to put this team over the top in two years when the Dolphins finally get all their pieces together. Understand the long-term process. Understand the plan. More importantly, this is hard for me to say, but trust the process because we've trusted many coaches and front offices before here in Miami and they failed. But for me, and maybe it's not for everybody, but for me, I am someone who gives you the benefit of the doubt until you prove otherwise. And for Brian Flores and Chris Greer, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt until they prove otherwise. And until we start seeing some positive results or some negative results, but stable results in terms of definitive results, then I don't think it's fair to pass judgment on what they are trying to build yet. And there's been a lot of judgment. And we're all guilty of it. And I don't want to sound it like I'm lecturing everybody you know, it's hard to not sound like that sometimes when you're doing a show by yourself. But I want to, you know, step into the next topic, too. And that's I, I saw some re- reporters and it seems like the Pete reporters in Miami, if the Dolphins win games, it's it's the end of the world. And I saw one say if the Dolphins finish eight and eight, it's a nightmare scenario. In what world is that a nightmare scenario? That makes no sense at all. If this Dolphins team goes 8-8 eight and eight with this roster, Brian Flores deserves to be coach of the year. If this Dolphins team goes 8-8 eight and eight with this roster, guess what? The Miami Dolphins have found their head coach of the future. They found their assistant coaches. If the Dolphins go 8-8, eight and eight, it is very likely that Josh Rosen led this team to most of that record. And that they very likely have their quarterback of the future with this talent or lack thereof. 8-8 eight and eight is a dream scenario in my opinion. Because you know why? 
because you've got you found your head coach more than likely you've more than likely found your franchise quarterback and you have a treasure trove of picks in the upcoming two drafts where you can surround Rosen with talent and make him better you can bolster your offensive line you can bolster your receiving crew you can bolster your defense and you can do all of that and help Rosen succeed you don't need to waste a high pick on a quarterback because guess what in an ideal situation you won't you don't want to draft a quarterback in next year's draft you want Rosen the guy you gave a second round pick for to be the guy and I saw the same reporter say that Rosen is a bust already again what some sometimes you know you know these guys make a ton of sense and sometimes it's just like what are they writing it's it's mind-boggling at times you trade a second round pick for a guy Josh Rosen who who had a terrible offensive line in Arizona who didn't learn how to be a pro the right way in Arizona who said weeks ago and I keep harping on this weeks ago said he didn't know how to identify a Mike linebacker was identifying defensive fronts for the first time Again, in what world would anyone put a guy out there who has admitted to such, well, obviously they knew it already, he didn't have to admit it, but who has been learning this against this murderous row of defenses to start the season? Any smart coach would keep him out. And just because maybe beat reporters don't have the patience or because Ryan Fitzpatrick is not going to drive clicks to their page, and increase their page view. It it just doesn't make a ton of sense as to why they're saying this. It's mind-boggling, and it's not all of them. Some of them, not all of them. I don't get it. You cannot call Josh Rosen a bust and a mistake that the Dolphins traded for him just because he's not starting the season. That's incredibly asinine. And if they were paying attention to Brian Flores throughout the summer. They would have easily seen that all signs led to Ryan Fitzpatrick being the starter week one anyways. So, not sure why they're all upset now. And the honeymoon is over between the beat reporters and Brian Flores. It is definitely over after this latest purge. And so it's going to be very interesting to see how this season plays out with these reporters asking Flores a whole bunch of questions. And I'm sure he is well aware of everything that is happening and what they're saying. Not that he reads the papers. Because I doubt he has time for that. And I doubt that's a priority for him. But I'm sure he hears things. And based on the questions that he gets asked in press conferences. I'm sure he gets a better idea of what they're, the stories they're trying to write. And I think Brian Flores obviously can handle it. I think he has a good demeanor about him. And he's not afraid to tell it straight to a reporter like it is. And that's what you need to have. The ability to tell it straight to each other, but having respect for each other. And I just hope that the beat reporters don't lose sight of that. And don't become a bashing machine throughout the season. Because that helps nobody. And again, it also shows that they lack the ability to see the long-term plan. Gotta do better have to do better everybody has to do better and it's going to be a tough season it's going to be a season full of ups and downs but more downs than ups 
And as Houts and I said on Tuesday's episode of Finsider Radio, it's important that everyone sticks together. It's important that we have fun this season. There are no expectations for the Dolphins to do anything. When was the last time we could sit here and say, going into a season, there are no expectations for the Dolphins? I think that would be the season dating back over a decade ago to when Tony Sperano was named the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. Or just about a decade ago. Because that's that year, Bill Parcells and Jeff Island flipped over half the roster and brought in new guys. And they were expected to not win much. And it was year one of that rebuilding phase. But then Chad Pennington dropped into their laps in June. And all bets were off. And we saw him win the division. We saw him lead the Dolphins to the playoffs. But again, since then, it's been... We expect the Dolphins to make the playoffs every year. Even after Sperano's first year, they made the playoffs year one. Okay, you did it year one. You could easily do it year two. Okay, you had a bu- you had a bump in the road year two. Let's get it back year three. Then he gets fired. And then you bring in, you know, you know, you just start the cycle of coaches, Joe Philbin, Adam Gase. But every year, they were expected to make the playoffs. Even in a sense, Ryan Tannehill's rookie year, right? I, I think... Some Dolphins fans realized that it was a building process, but still that expectation was there to at least contend for a playoff spot. And then, of course, under Adam Gase, who is the ultimate competitor, the expectation for playoffs was there every year, and he made it his first year, and then kind of floundered after that. So sit back, relax, enjoy the show this year. Let's have fun. It's not going to be a fun season in terms of what we're seeing on the field. But if we understand a long-term process, if we understand this is a stepping stone, this is the Dolphins paying their dues to get back to relevance, I think it will become more enjoyable for all of us. And if we all stick together and understand that same concept and understand that same plan, then I think we're all going to be better for it. That's the end of my rant. Again, I hope and I know part of it may have sounded like I was lecturing you or lecturing fans because at the end of the day, I'm a fan as well. But I, again, it's hard not to sound like that at sometimes when you're talking by yourself. So don't take anything the wrong way. If you're still offended by it, uh, just DM me on Twitter at Kanata PFN. Dolphins will take on the Ravens on Sunday. I don't think it's going to be a blowout like some people are saying. It may end up being the final score. Maybe it might show that the game was worse than it actually was. But I think because of the unfamiliarity with the Ravens and Chad O'Shea and Brian Flores and what the Dolphins are going to do this year, I think it's going to be a close game through halftime. You know, a one or two uh, possession game. And then... Whoever makes the best halftime adjustments, it could still be a, a you know stalemate quarter three. And then if the Dolphins can keep it close going into the fourth quarter, the heat and humidity will wear down on the Ravens, and they could shock them. But I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I don't think the Ravens are going to come out to a two or three touchdown lead in the first quarter. Again, remember, it's football. You're feeling each other out. Brian Flores... On the Patriots, along with Chad O'Shea and other coaches, have not really owned the Ravens, but they've played them very tough. And more times than not, they've come out on top. 
this isn't the same Dolphins team that the Ravens have beat up on for the past decade or so. And so Ravens have had the Dolphins number. But you have a different coaching staff in place, a smart coaching staff who understands what it takes to win against these guys. And I think they're going to have a very good game plan in place that's going to allow them to compete with the Ravens throughout the game. Again, it may be after halftime where the Ravens figure things out and just jump it down the Dolphins' throat. But I don't think you're going to see that in the first two quarters. I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised and I'd be a little saddened if that was the case because that means that the Dolphins came out very unprepared by this coaching staff if they come out and get blown out of the water in the first half. That cannot happen. But I don't think it's going to. We'll be back with you later this week as the week continues. We'll have Houts doing his show. Sutton is trying to line up a a special guest, a, a very credible guest, who can talk about the offensive line. And then we'll be back with you for Finsider Radio towards the end of the week as we give our preview of Dolphins vs. Ravens coming up on Sunday. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at KanataPFN. Be sure to visit thefinsider.com, part of the SB Nation Network, for all of your latest Miami Dolphins news and updates. This is going to do it for today's edition of Finsider Daily. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next time. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins. We're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Everybody, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, Just go to cars.com. It's magical.